Today is March 17th. It's St. Patrick's Day, so top of the morning to you. Patrick is credited with bringing the good news of Jesus Christ to Ireland, and so I'm wearing the green today. I'm wearing it not only in respect of Irish heritage, but also as a symbol of the evergreen, abundant, eternal, deathless life that is a free gift to those who repent of their sins and trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So hallelujah for the green new life in Christ. My name is David McAdam, and this is the One Year Bible Tour. Each day we make our way through the entire Bible with daily readings where we take in the Holy Spirit's offerings in the Old and New Testaments with extra stops to take in the view from the book of Psalms and Proverbs. We're in the Old Testament book of Numbers. This book is called the Book of Numbers because there is a census taken at the beginning of the book and another at the end, a numbering of the people of Israel as they came out of Egypt and then a numbering at the end of their wilderness wandering after the plague that we read about yesterday and before they enter the promised land. We might say, oh, another list of names, how boring. Or so we might think, but this is not the case. After the devastating 2011 earthquake and the tsunami in Japan, those who scoured the lists of names of survivors did not consider the process boring. They carefully read the lists of those who found shelters, hoping that they would find the names of their missing loved ones. In the book of Numbers, we learn that an entire generation perished during the Israelites' 40-year journey in the wilderness. You will notice that the only names from the first census of warriors that are found in the census taken 38 years later are those of Joshua and Caleb. So let's start reading Numbers chapter 26, beginning with verse 1. The Census of the New Generation, Numbers chapter 26. After the plague... The Lord said to Moses and to Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, Take a census of all the congregation of the people of Israel, from twenty years old and upward, by their fathers' houses, all in Israel who are able to go to war. And Moses and Eleazar the priest spoke with them in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho, saying, Take a census of the people, from twenty years old and upward, as the Lord commanded Moses. The people of Israel who came up out of the land of Egypt were Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, the sons of Reuben, of Hanak, the clan of the Hanakites, of Palu, the clan of the Paluites, of Hezron, the clan of the Hezronites, of Carmi, the clan of the Carmites. These are the clans of the Reubenites, and those listed were 43,730. And the sons of Palu, Eliab, the sons of Eliab, Nemuel, Dathan, and Abiram. These are the Dathan and Abiram, chosen from the congregation, who contended against Moses and Aaron in the company of Korah, when they contended against the Lord, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah, when that company died, when the fire devoured two hundred and fifty men, and they became a warning. But the sons of Korah did not die. The sons of Simeon, according to their clans, of Nemuel, the clan of the Nemoelites, of Jamin, the clan of the Jaminites, of Jachin, the clan of the Jachinites, of Zerah, the clan of the Zerahites, of Shaul, the clan of the Shaulites. These are the clans of the Simeonites, 22,200. The sons of Gad, according to their clans, of Zephon, the clan of the Zephonites, of Haggi, the clan of the Haggites, of Shuni, 
the clan of the Shunites, of Ozni, the clan of the Oznites, of Arai, the clan of the Arites, of Arad, the clan of the Aradites, of Areli, the clan of the Aralites. These are the clans of the sons of Gad, as they were listed, 40,500. The sons of Judah were Ur and Onan, and Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan. And the sons of Judah, according to their clans, were of Shelah, the clan of the Shelanites, of Perez, the clan of the Perizzites, of Zerah, the clan of the Zerahites, and the sons of Perez were of Hezron, the clan of the Hezronites, of Hamul, the clan of the Hamulites. These are the clans of Judah as they were listed, 76,500. The sons of Issachar, according to their clans, of Tola, the clan of the Tolaites, of Puva, the clan of the Punites, of Jashub, the clan of the Jashubites, of Shimron, the clan of the Shimronites. These are the clans of Issachar, as they were listed, 64,300. The sons of Zebulun, according to their clans, of Sered, the clan of the Seredites, of Elon, the clan of the Elonites, of Jaliel, the clan of the Jalielites. These are the clans of the Zebulonites, as they were listed, 60,500. The sons of Joseph, according to their clans, Manasseh and Ephraim. The sons of Manasseh, of Machir, the clan of the Machirites. And Machir was the father of Gilead, of Gilead, the clan of the Gileadites. These are the sons of Gilead, of Iazer, the clan of the Iazerites, of Helek, the clan of the Helekites, and of Azriel, the clan of the Azrielites, and of Shechem, the clan of the Shemekites, and of Shemida, the clan of the Shemidaites, and of Hefer, the clan of the Heferites. Now Salafadad, the son of Hefer, had no sons, but daughters. And the names of the daughters of Salafadad were Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, and Terza. These are the clans of Manasseh, and those listed were 52,700. These are the sons of Ephraim, according to their clans, of Shuthalah, the clan of the Shuthalites, of Becher, the clan of the Becherites, of Tahan, the clan of the Tahanites, and these are the sons of Shuthalah, of Aaron, the clan of the Aaronites. These are the clans of the sons of Ephraim as they were listed, 32,500. These are the sons of Joseph according to their clans. The sons of Benjamin according to their clans, of Bela, the clan of the Belaites, of Ashbel, the clan of the Ashbelites, of Ahiram, the clan of the Ahiramites, of Shephufam, the clan of the Shephamites, of Hufam, the clan of the Hufamites, and the sons of Bela were Ard and Naaman, of Ard, the clan of Ardites, of Naaman, the clan of Naamanites. These are the sons of Benjamin, according to their clans, and those listed were 45,600. These are the sons of Dan, according to their clans, of Shuham, the clan of the Shuhamites. These are the clans of Dan, according to their clans. All the clans of the Shuhamites, as they were listed, were 64,400. The sons of Asher, according to their clans, of Imnah, the clan of the Imnites, of Ishvi, the clan of the Ishvites, of Bariah, the clan of the Bariites, of the sons of Bariah, of Heber, the clan of the Heberites, of Machiel, the clan of the Machielites. 
and the name of the daughter of Asher was Sirah. These are the clans of the sons of Asher as they were listed, 53,400. The sons of Naphtali, according to their clans, of Jaziel, the clan of the Jazielites, of Guni, the clan of the Gunites, of Jezer, the clan of the Jezerites, of Shilem, the clan of the Shemelites. These are the clans of Naphtali, according to their clans, and those listed were 45,400. This was the list of the people of Israel, 601,730. This is the end of today's reading from the Old Testament book of Numbers. As we said at the beginning, you will recognize that from the census of warriors found in the beginning of the book, now only Joshua and Caleb are listed. We do recognize some surprising survivors among those listed in chapter 26. Although Korah, Dathan, and Abiram died with the company of conspirators, the sons of Korah are listed with the new generation that are ready to enter Canaan. The sons of Korah, however, did not die. Numbers 26, verse 11. What other observations can we make? We recognize the names of the sons of Jacob. Although deceased, their descendants continue to gather under their banners. This is another reminder that we are leaving a legacy for others to follow. What would a banner of your life look like? The number of fighting men at the end of the 40-year period, 601,730, is similar, but not an increase to the number that they had at the beginning, which was 603,550. The reason for this is sobering. Unbelief. The unbelief was manifested in murmuring, idolatry, lust, disobedience, rebellion, jealousy, greed, and spiritual compromise, which caused many to turn to the worship of Baal. Despite more than 24,000 deaths recorded in chapter 25, the Lord had been faithful to bless and replenish the nomadic multitude. The listing of the new generation reminds us of the continuity of purpose in the divine enterprise. All the nations of the earth are linked to this story of a primitive tribe in the wilderness. How? The blessing given to Abraham was intended to bring a blessing to all the tribes upon the earth. God's promise to Abraham was global in scope. World redemption would come through the promised seed of Abraham. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Genesis 12, verse 3. Your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Genesis 22, verses 17 through 18 and Genesis 28, verse 14. The Apostle Paul explains that the promised seed of Abraham is Christ in Galatians 3:16. In Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham comes to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. In the future we will hear the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ, and He will reign forever and ever. Revelation 11, verse 15. All nations and every generation are connected to this story that we've been reading about in the book of Numbers. We learn also that ultimately, God's sovereign purposes will not be thwarted by human unbelief. A generation may perish through their disobedience, forfeiting their privilege of entrance into the promised land, but the day of entrance will come. God will raise up those who will do His will if others fail to do so. How much more preferable it is to be among those who actually accomplish God's choice purposes instead of leaving them for others. May we all have the spirit of Joshua and Caleb. 
May we not shrink back in fear or unbelief, but let us possess what God has called us to possess by resting in Christ's sufficiency and yielding ourselves to God in full obedience. The verse from tomorrow's reading is a fitting summary. Numbers chapter 26, verses 63 to 65 reads, These are those who were numbered by Moses and Eleazar the priest, who numbered the sons of Israel in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho. But among these there was not a man of those who were numbered by Moses and Aaron the priest, who numbered the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Sinai. For the Lord had said of them, They shall surely die in the wilderness, and not a man was left of them except Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. Now let's read from the New Testament Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 36 through 52. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was twelve years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. This is the end of our reading from the New Testament Gospel of Luke. As we can gather from our reading, Luke provides a well-ordered and well-researched account of the life of Jesus of Nazareth in his Gospel. He has interviewed many of his subjects and provides helpful historical details to inform our understanding of the Gospel events. Both Mary and Joseph were from the tribe of Judah. Anna the prophetess is from the tribe of Asher. Anna is 84 years old when she prophesies that Jesus is God's answer to all those looking for the redemption of Jerusalem, in verse 38. Anna's husband died after they had been married only seven years. She devoted her remaining days to the service of the temple with fasting and prayer. While many of the religious leaders were unaware of the birth of the true Messiah, Anna was exercised in spiritual discernment and rejoiced that the hour in which God would fulfill His promise had come. 
Like the prophet Simeon, Anna was privileged to see the answers to her prayers in her lifetime. Luke is careful to note that Jesus was brought up under the law of Moses and that the grace of the Lord was upon him. In Luke 2, verse 39, Jesus grew strong physically, intellectually, and spiritually. In Luke 2, 40, the child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The next scene that Luke chooses to record in his narrative takes place when Jesus is 12 years old. He is now old enough to participate more fully in the feasts of Israel. He accompanies his parents to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. He's old enough to be a son of the law. In Hebrew, that's bar mitzvah, for he has reached the recognizable age of accountability. At this age, a child becomes an apprentice in his father's business. It would be expected that Jesus would take more responsibility in his father's household at this time. Prior to the age of 12, it would have been likely that a child would travel in the company of his mother. At the age of 12, the boy is now treated as a man and would travel with his father. It could have been the case that Jesus went down to Jerusalem on previous occasions, and perhaps this occasion, with his mother. It is easy to understand how each parent might assume that Jesus was with the other on the return trip from Jerusalem, as Jesus was at the age of this transition. When both parents realize that their son is with neither of them, they go back to Jerusalem where, after three days, they find Jesus in the temple. There he is observed sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. What is most astonishing is that Jesus is answering the questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Luke 2:47. His mother Mary said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. Jesus' answer to his parents' question made sense in the light of his reaching the age of accountability as a son of the law. For from this time on, he would be assigned to his father's business. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? That's the King James Version. The Greek text does not include the word for business or household, only the word father. Kenneth Wiest puts it this way, Have you not known that it is necessary in the nature of the case for me to be occupied in the things of my father? Luke 2, 49. Now let's turn to the Bible's song book, the book of Psalms. Psalm 60. He will tread down our foes to the choir master, according to Shushan Aduth, a mitkam, remember that's a liturgical or musical term of David, for instruction when he strove with Aram Nahariam and with Aram Zobah, and when Joab on his return struck down 12,000 of Edom in the Valley of Salt. Verse 1. O God, you have rejected us, broken our defenses. You have been angry. O, restore us. You have made the land to quake. You have torn it open. Repair its breaches, for it is totters. You have made your people see hard things. You have given us wine to drink that made us stagger. You have set up a banner for those who fear you, that they may flee to it from the bow, that your beloved ones may be delivered. Give salvation by your right hand and answer us. God has spoken in His holiness. With exultation I will divide up Shechem and portion out the vale of Succoth. Gilead is mine, 
Manasseh is mine, Ephraim is my helmet, Judah is my scepter, Moab is my washbasin, upon Edom I cast my shoe, over Philistia I shout in triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Have you not rejected us, O God? You do not go forth, O God, with our armies. O grant us help against the foe, for vain is the salvation of man. With God we shall do valiantly. It is He who will tread down our foes. That is a good verse from Psalm 60 to memorize today. Through God we shall do valiantly. It is He who will tread down our adversaries, our foes, our enemies, depending on which translation you're reading from. Verses 1 to 11 contain David's cry for help. It is a vain thing to trust man's plan of salvation. Deliverance by man is in vain. It is vital to know where true help comes from. Let us not forsake calling upon the Lord in prayer and giving thanks to Him for the victory He gives. Today's proverb, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 15. Whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer harm, but he who hates striking hands in pledge is secure. Let me read this from other translations. The New American Standard Bible says, He who is a guarantor for a stranger will surely suffer for it, but he who hates being a guarantor is secure. A modern paraphrase reads, Whoever makes deals with strangers is sure to get burned. If you keep a cool head, you'll avoid rash bargains. So there is some God-given wisdom about entering into dubious financial transactions. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, you declare the end from the beginning. You know all things and you number the hair on our heads. Forgive us for our many lapses into unbelief when we fail to realize your infinite knowledge, love, and care. May we be numbered with those who persevere in faith and love and grow in the knowledge of your grace. May we be fulfilling your choice purposes. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining with us in this read-through of the Bible, and we hope that you are being encouraged in the habit of daily Bible reading and with this daily intake you are truly being encouraged. If you are joining with us in praying for the nations in Operation World Prayer Guide, we are praying for the nation of Brazil today. And we do especially pray for our brothers and sisters there as we've had so many missions there and hope to be returning there soon. We'd like to hear from you, our listeners, and particularly we're curious to find out what you find most challenging about continuing a daily habit of reading through the Bible. I think having this reader partnership and accountability can be a great help in developing a healthy habit of discipleship. We plan on making more resources available on our website. You can check it out at newlife.org. The ministries of New Life Community Church in Concord, as well as New Life Fine Arts and upcoming events. God bless you. Seize the day in Jesus' name.